Welcome to Please Fix Things, a podcast where we analyze and reflect on the bizarre trends surrounding young adults today. Hi, I'm Raj Parekh. And I'm Sanchit Wadhawan. And we're just two young professionals who sleep in, don't diet, don't have a side hustle, and don't have travel recommendations for you. And we're doing totally okay. If you're like us and you feel drained by the fads, norms, and ideas defining our culture today, come join us as we try to make sense of the forces taking a toll on our well-being and give our take on how to fix them. Welcome to our episode on MBA Part 3. We told you we'll have one more installment before we close the series up, and uh, here we are. So without any further ado, Sanchit, who are we interviewing today? Yeah, today we're interviewing um, a guy I've known for quite a few many years. His name is CJ John. Uh, CJ and I met back at Ohio State. Uh, he was actually my uh, peer advisor my freshman year of college. So I guess I've met him, you know, I've known him since I was 18. We have the pleasure of working with him at our current job. And he's here to talk to us about why he didn't get an MBA. You know, so in our first part with Jack, we talked to somebody who was currently going through the MBA process. Part two was somebody who went through the MBA process. And now we're wrapping up this series with part three, talking to somebody who has a fairly successful career, well-defined career goals, and decided that an MBA didn't align with where he was trying to go in life. So it should be a really interesting conversation, and I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. With that, let's get straight into it. Hey, guys. My name is CJ. Uh, I know Sanjit from uh, from Ohio State, but I'm you know a guy just born and raised in Ohio. I went to Ohio State for a finance degree and uh, decided that I wanted to pursue consulting uh, there after college and have been there now for the last five years or so. Uh, and I'm someone who has debated for the last you know, five, six years getting an MBA, uh, taking my GMAT back in uh, college as well as during my working years and looking forward to kind of talking about the uh, pros, cons and opportunity costs of getting an MBA with you guys today. So, CJ, did at any point you, you thought you were going to get an MBA while you were making those you know, evaluations with pros and cons? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, you know, I knew it was an option when I was back in college, and I heard from a lot of people that you should take your GMAT now while you're not in the working years, and that made a lot of sense to me. So my second semester, senior year, uh, for the first half, I kind of like buckled down and studied for the GMAT. Uh, and thought that it, if it is even a potential possibility, I might as well take, take time to study for this test while it's, you know, I'm still in study mode and got a score that was okay. Um, and, you know, through my years in consulting, you, you know, at our firm, right, it's very common practice for people to go after three, four years to go get an MBA and was constantly kind of evaluating it. Uh, so much so that I decided I wanted to try to take the GMAT again to see if I could get a higher score. I did. And then, you know, went through the uh, sponsorship program that we have and ultimately, you know, got into some of the apps even 
eventually just decided that, you know, this was something that I was going to choose not to pursue uh, for a multitude of reasons. And we can kind of get get into that uh, through this podcast. Yeah. So kind of getting into that, what were while you're applying for the MBA, I guess, first, like what was your initial thought process or what did you hear or see that, you know, made you go through taking the GMAT multiple times and going through the apps? Like kind of what was your headspace when you were looking at that? Yeah. You know, I, I think you want to put yourself in the best position, right? And I just felt like I was relatively cookie cutter, right? I was a finance major, went to a big public school, went into consulting, and I wanted to put myself in the best position. So I thought if I could, you know, raise that score another 20 points or 30 points, right, that it would open the doors to, you know, some of those top programs that, you know, I, you know, we all know about and where a lot of my friends are at now. And yeah, that's what I'd say about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I can definitely relate to being, you know, feeling like you're a little bit cookie cutter, right? I mean, we have the same degree from the same school. So <laughs> um, go Bucks. yeah, absolutely. Go Bucks. Big, uh, big game today, really. Um, yeah, huge game. huge game yesterday. Oh, that was incredible. Um, Raj, to keep you, loop you in a little bit, we beat number one ranked Michigan uh, yesterday in the semifinals of the Big Ten Championship. So I thought you don't use the word M. Is that not true? <laughs> uh, you cross it out, but you can say it. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so transitioning kind of from your thought process while you were applying to get an MBA, what changed throughout that process, like kind of after you took your GMAT, and what were some of the calculations behind why you decided to drop out of the process? Yeah. So I think in some of your past interviews, uh, a lot of people kind of talked about the opportunity costs. In my opinion, you should be wanting to go to an MBA for is, you know, for the networking is, and also the learning. I mean, when's the last time you talked to someone and said, oh, I really want to learn this, right? That's never what I heard when hearing people talk about an MBA. It was like, I want a two-year break, or I want to pivot into this specific industry. And I didn't really have that feeling or need, you know, I didn't want to hop into investment banking. Uh, I knew that I would probably come back into consulting. So that was some of that process. Um, I've also, you know, through the last four or five years, like really become like obsessed with like financial literacy and personal finance. uh, And that opportunity cost of not earning for two years, not compounding your investments as much, you know, are some of the factors that kind of led me to eventually decide that it, you know, wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. No, absolutely. That makes sense. So at what point did you, you know, say so you, you, you said you saw some of your friends go down that route. Uh, so at what point did you make the decision that what you chose was probably for the better? Like, did, did you have a moment where you thought, you know, you reevaluated the pros and cons at a later point after the application season was over? And so what was your thought process then? Yeah. So I would actually say one of the big factors for me is I actually purchased a investment property, a duplex. And, you know, I've gotten into real estate in the last year or two Mm -hmm. and seeing what that potential was and, you know, my interest and excitement around that area is something that, you know, I was like, I can go learn, you know, whatever bullshit topic in a, you know, classroom, or I can like really invest in myself and, you know, the education of what I want to learn these next couple years. 
and kind of, you know, invest that in myself uh, and not, you know, pay $200,000 to go learn it in a classroom. Interesting. Uh, the person we interviewed for our last episode was also interested in real estate and he still yeah. chose to go to the MBA program. So did, were you at any point considering like an MBA program which had a focus on real estate? Yeah, so there are, yeah, so there are masters in real estate. And uh, I think that's something that you certainly, I mean, that's a way to like leverage to get into commercial real estate if, if you need. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, like that interest is, you know, so much so beyond just wanting to work in the real estate industry, but actually doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of, you know, let me out, you know, I can go learn about this again in the classroom or I can go try and do it in real life, like uh, on my own. So definitely, you know, just a different style of approach. And I think that the work that I'm doing will be able to show through like for potential you know, job opportunities down the line, should I choose to leave, you know, leave consulting? Yeah. Um, do you want to expand a little bit on the work you're doing and, and kind of just talk about sort of what your goals or maybe your like kind of end, like end goals are with real estate? Like, where do you see yourself taking that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So have you heard of like the FIRE community, the, you know, financial independence, retire early? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Right. The, the idea of like where you, the idea is like you get assets that generate the, the money that you need to live as opposed to having a job for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not someone who wants to go, uh, yeah, exactly work until I'm 65 or 70 in a nine to five and really like climb that corporate ladder to be a CEO or C-suite kind of sounds miserable to me, honestly, just dealing <laughs> with all those meetings and status reports that I can't even imagine going through. I mean, right, right. I feel like I've had enough of that in just four or five years. So welcome what, to consulting folks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What can you rephrase that question? Oh, I was going to say like, kind of what are your goals with real estate and sort of where do you see yourself taking that? Certainly. Yeah. So my goal is to, you know, continue to uh, purchase rentals and those will, yeah, as you said, like spit off a certain amount of cash flow each month. And, you know, there's all certain types of benefits to it, whether it's tax advantages, uh, you know, debt pay down, appreciation, and then, you know, the cash that comes off each month. My hope is eventually to, you know, acquire up to, 30 plus properties. And that would be enough to, you know, subsidize my income in addition to like my, you know, brokerage investments, retirement accounts. I'm big into crypto right now. Right. Uh, Dogecoin to the moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I would say a little bit about that. Yeah. My goals are just to kind of keep acquiring assets um, and, you know, making offers, which is what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and I bring that up to ask or kind of make the point about you said earlier around the time and the opportunity cost of getting an MBA, right? Like if you're going to go through um, investing in properties and this kind of thing, like taking two years off to get an MBA might be a lot more costly than like somebody taking two years off to get an MBA if they just want to pause their career, right? Like was that part of your calculation as well? Yeah, exactly. And I didn't feel like I needed it to pivot or move into another career, right? I was, you know, happy enough in consulting. And uh, it was going to allow me to like, yeah, pursue my, 
uh, goals and like aspirations, you know, for the time being, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of my friends are doing the MBA and if they're wanting to make a pivot and go into a specific industry, certainly, you know, you need an MBA to go through that. But for me, the, you know, even with a sponsorship into an MBA program, there's still a lot of costs, right? Paying back the taxes on it, um, the interest on your loans that you still had. It, there's a lot more costs that go into it than just the sticker price, right? And I think I tried really weighing that um, and just where I wanted to be, you know, by the time I'm 30, 35, right? You know, MBA, I feel like, you know, you get because you want to climb the corporate ladder and be at a certain level uh, within a company. But, you know, guys our age, or you can still go out and find a job that, you know, will pay as much as some MBAs are, you know, experiencing once they're done with their two years. So I wasn't really concerned about like the pay hike or pay jump there that you get with an MBA. So you're definitely one of the singular voices um, in in this era <laughs> where people have this rat race of getting into any MBA program they can get their hands on. We would love to know, you know, when you have those conversations with your peers, colleagues, right, and you talk about the fact that you chose not to do an MBA, you know, despite having everything lined up in the cookie cutter solution, what are some of their reactions and responses and sort of, you know, how do you view them? <laughs> yeah, I think people when you really dive deep on like why someone's wanting to get an MBA, I think some people struggle with the answer. And <laughs> you know, at our, at our firm, it's just so ingrained in the culture. That's what you do. You work three years, you start prepping for your interview questions. And then, you know, 70% of my class has left to go get an MBA. My question would be is if those people had gone and worked a traditional industry job, or gone and worked at maybe a smaller or different firm, would they be still getting an MBA? And I would think, you know, a very small percentage of them would, right? It's just like the mindset that is ingrained in us from day one, right? I mean, they're talking about the sponsorship program and everything such as that. Yeah. And I think like, I am just like a weird dude. <laughs> I'm obsessed with personal finance and numbers and Excel sheets. Like, I mean, you know, some people are and some people aren't. Um, and that's like, I mean, in my free time, I'm reading personal finance blogs, listening to podcasts, like who in their twenties is like thinking about retirement accounts. That's a weird, it's a weird pastime. Yeah. That's definitely not a course in your MBA curriculum for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So um, walk us through the process of, let's say, when or if you ever, you know, tried to job search outside consulting, right? And you, and you brought forward your, your background, your experiences. Did, was it ever brought up uh, with your background that, hey, you know, have you not picked up an MBA? If so, why? Like, how did those yeah. conversations go? Yeah. And uh, yeah, did it restrict you in any way? No, I, I don't think that's ever been brought up. And I'm someone who's very pro interviewing while you have a job, even if you're not sure or certain that you want to leave. So that's something that made a you know conscious effort to interview every year that I've you know been at the same employer. I think you get to know your worth, what you know else you could be doing with your time and what's out there. 
I re- I have received, you know, job offers that are, you know, well-paying and they never talked about an MBA. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, work at a fang company these last, these last couple years. And I think, you know, with that experience on top of consulting, there's a lot of options to go out there where, you know, it's not going to say MBA required on the, you know, job application, right? In our last interview that we had with Sam, you know, he got into, he had an MBA and he, he went to Stanford for it, but he kind of had this conversation where he was like, not everybody needs an MBA. And even the majority of the people in his class didn't necessarily need one. Sort of for you, if you're giving advice to people or if you would, you know, try to push back, kind of like you said about the mentality of, oh, getting an MBA is just what you do, right? Like what, would, what advice would you give for somebody to figure out yeah. if they actually need an MBA? Uh, that's an awesome question. And I just had a conversation with a, another consultant around this is uh, he was saying he wanted to go into a product manager role. And that's kind of what his background has been on his last couple engagements. And he was considering going to an MBA. And I asked, have you applied for those same product manager roles that you want after an MBA yet? And he said, no. And I said, why the hell not? Why aren't you, you know, if that's your end goal, why aren't you just going after it now? I think people doubt themselves, right? And feel the need to, you know, check that box of that requirement to have that MBA. But I would really like question what someone's end goal is. Is it to make more money? Is that why you're getting the MBA? Is it to get within a specific like position in a company? Well, you know, look at the pedigree of all those people in that position now. Do they all have an MBA? And I think what you'll find is that's not the case, right? There's no uh, cookie cutter or like set way to requirements for certain positions and just to go after what you want before making that decision, right? Like, why would you go spend two years and get into this debt to go to a role that you may have been able to get to without that MBA requirement, right? Now, if you're, if you're trying to go into investment banking and you have no financial modeling experience or anything such as that, then yeah, you got to be able to use that MBA to pivot into it. But I think if there's like a natural progression into that role, then there's not that need, right? You sure the consultant you talked to was not me? Because I'm literally in the same boat. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Product yeah. management. That's uh, so have you have you interviewed for roles in product management? I have. Last? And I didn't get so far because they did brought up the fact that, hey, you might be better off doing an MBA. So if you get hit by a response like that, CJ, how would you respond to, to anything like this, given yeah, what you've just I, I would, yeah, I, I don't know your background these last couple of years, like um, for your experience, but I mean, you're going to get pushback on, you know, it, it's a numbers game too, right? If you're applying to one or two companies and they may, you know, that may be the reason because you don't have an MBA or uh, it may be something entirely different so yeah i would just encourage you to keep applying and and trying to network with uh individuals in that field but uh, yeah you just have to have a clear response for how your past experience relates into 
that new role, right? And I think if you're able to demonstrate that clearly, succinctly, and show the success that you were able to bring to the organization, like very concretely, then it's hard to argue that you need to, you know, have this certification or check on your resume, right? And there's obviously going to be certain people who have different opinions. And that's why you're having this entire debate, whether or not, you know, to get an MBA and what the benefits are. But personally, I don't know if I would like to work for a company that's like mandating that I go back to get an education, not even around what that role entails to go work for them. Right. No, absolutely. So if I see your job description, which says MBA preferred, I'll just close the tab and move on. To <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Screw them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And so kind of on the flip side of that, right? I think CJ and then Raj also to a greater degree, y'all sort of have end goals in mind, right? But I've also heard the the flip side of, oh, I kind of want to get an MBA to take two years off to figure out what I want to do because where I'm at isn't where I want to be, but I don't necessarily have a point B. Um, CJ, you kind of figured out and you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you're a little bit weird for this, but you know, you kind of figured out something you're passionate about, something that you're really into. Kind of how did you go about finding that? Like, what was your inspiration for, okay, now I don't know I need an MBA because like, this is where I want to be in life. I think it's just having a lot of conversations uh, with people and individuals. Uh, and that's kind of what led, led me down my path. So I think just encouraging, you know, that's the great thing about consulting and, you know, the field that we're in is you're getting to, you know, switch teams every six, you know, nine months a year and get an entirely new outlook on like, you know, what people, not only like what your role is, but you're able to see like what all these other people are doing around you. And the more you can switch that up, the more people that you can talk to. That's what's great about this podcast, right? You're, you know, uh, deepening relationships with people who have very different and sometimes similar points of view. Everyone finds their passion or like what they're interested in very differently. I think you just need to be open to, you know, having an open mind and like having really honest conversations with those that you come into contact with. Kind of just like as a future, like forward looking thing, would you ever consider getting any sort of like higher education or like going back to school for MBA or just another master's degree in general yeah. in the future? Yeah. So I've, I've certainly thought about like going back for a master's in real estate. Um, and if it's something that I feel I really can't get a you know job offer or find my way into naturally and through, you know, the whole recruiting process, then I would, you know, maybe consider it. But again, I'm really concerned about like, you know, earning money, finding new ways to earn money, investing that money and furthering your net worth growth. So you don't have to have a mind numbing nine to five till you're 65. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that makes sense. And, and as passionate as you, you know, seem and as like, you know, willing and eager to learn about investing as you are. I mean, I think that that's like a great thing as well, because you're spending a lot of energy and effort on something that you like, right. Which is sometimes different from your average nine to five. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. No, absolutely. So with that, any last piece of advice before we wrap this up? 
Yeah, I think my, you know, final piece is just, you know, go for it, uh, whatever it may be. If that's your MBA, go for it and have conversations with, you know, people who are in the process, who are in the MBA and who are out of the MBA and in the working world now. And a lot of them are going to be very pro MBA and that's awesome. But I think it's also healthy to question the cons or exactly like you said, just like see it through and what difference of opinions you can get from that. So in, you know, again, like you said, if you're wanting to go get in, you know, a product manager role, just keep applying and keep, you know, networking via LinkedIn, via whatever it is, the Deloitte alumni and you'll find something. So just go after it. I think people get too bogged down in like a, a decline in an interview or a rejection email, but it takes a lot of no's to get a yes. And that's just part of, you know, so many different aspects in your career. Absolutely. Thanks for this conversation, uh, CJ. We hope you inspire a whole generation of people to save uh, $250,000 and uh, hope we can redefine a culture. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And I love what you guys are doing here and just kind of having more honest conversations about important day-to-day topics that we're, we're faced with. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for your time, CJ. And thanks for being a friend of the podcast. Um, you know, if there's yeah. anything you ever want to come back on and talk about, you're always more than welcome. Thanks, you guys. Really appreciate it. Go Bucks. So that was the end of our third interview in our MBA mini series with CJ. Raj, I thought he brought up a lot of good points there. You know, I liked what he said at mm-hmm. the end where he, his advice was, you know, go for it. If you mm-hmm. have a goal or a career path in mind that you think you need an MBA for, that might not necessarily be true, right? Like apply for whatever role it is or try to do the thing that you want to do without getting an MBA first, right? If your end goal is something that could be attainable, like in mm-hmm. your current career. So I think that was really interesting. And, and I, I like his mentality and mindset of like, why would I spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in two years off in my, you know, at this stage in my career when I'm able to learn and chase something I'm passionate about now? Absolutely. I think it was very interesting seeing three different perspectives, right? Um, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, someone going through the program, someone who's done the program and someone who chose not to do the program. Um, and I think what I've, my biggest key takeaway here would be to know your worth before signing up for any of these programs, right? Like if you don't apply elsewhere to sort of see how much el- you know, someone else is willing to pay you for your experiences and your background, then it's kind of like this whole process is kind of futile in that sense. And I guess the second biggest takeaway is your time is very precious. So the time you're going to, you know, take away from growing in your own career or even pivoting your career without a formal degree could also be used wisely to, you know, hedge your options, spread your sort of income sources as well. Uh, and not just focus on like your primary income and, and do a lot more with, with your free time that you have after work. So that's been uh, that's been a key theme for me. Yeah. And, and I would just like to draw a full circle. You know, we talked to Jack and he had his whole spreadsheet and model of why mm-hmm. the MBA made financial sense for him and the opportunity that you know, the MBA gave him and CJ, you know, did some similar calculations and came to the opposite conclusion, right? So, I mean, 
I think that just kind of goes to show that there's no one right answer for is an MBA worth it for you. And it's ultimately a fairly personal decision, right? Absolutely. So this was very enlightening. Hopefully this was great for our audience as well. And hopefully some of you can go out there and save $250,000. Uh, <laughs> and if you do, you could buy us a coffee, maybe. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'd love to hear your feedback on this series. If you liked it, if you thought it was helpful, um, mm-hmm. if you'd like to see us do more of this kind of stuff with other topics as well. So definitely engage with us and let us know your thoughts. Absolutely. And since we heard a lot about career pivots and uh, following unconventional pathways in the last few episodes, uh, what do you say, Sanchez? Should we just make one on career pivots next time? I think, yeah, I think we should. Like, let's explore the idea of unconventional pathways and how to go about maybe switching jobs or getting into an industry that you're not currently in. Mm-hmm. And how to sell yourself in the best way possible. So yeah. With that, we'll come back with that for you. Till then, take care and catch you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Please Fix Things. I'm Raj Parekh. And I'm Sanchit Wethawan. If you liked what you heard, we would really appreciate it if you could rate, subscribe, and tell your friends about us. Toss us on your Facebook feed, send this to your boss, or post this episode on your LinkedIn page and tag some people just to see what happens. We don't really care, just spread this around. You should also check out our website, pleasefixthanks.com, for all of our episodes and latest updates. If you want to tell us how we took the words right out of your mouth or have suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a note at posts at pleasefixthanks.com. We hope to catch you next time. See ya.